Woodhouse Nissan offers a variety of SUVs and crossovers to fit your lifestyle. Whether you're looking for an SUV with high towing capability or a crossover with all-wheel drive, you can expect a variety of safety features, plenty of seating, ample cargo space, and innovative design to tackle virtually any adventure. Explore the Nissan lineup of SUVs and crossovers featuring Rogue, Rogue Sport, Kicks, Murano, Pathfinder, and Armada. Visit one of our two Nissan locations or shop online at woodhouse.com. This is America with Rich Valdez, powered by PolitiWeek.com. And Rich Valdez is with us, former Christie administration official. You worked for Chris Christie, you've been in politics, done a lot of public service stuff. Rich Valdez, columnist now with the Washington Times. This is America. Richie V, you're on the air with the nation. The nation. This is America with your host, Rich Valdez. All right, America, welcome back. It's impeachment, impeachment, and more impeachment. So here are the facts. We're here, 17 floors above Madison Square Garden. We had day one of impeachment, day two, day three, all sorts of days going on. The president's team has made an incredible defense. Now they throw in the monkey wrench. John Bolton apparently has fallen on his sword, making all sorts of weird claims. I guess we'll have to read the book. He's trying to sell some books. We'll see what happens with that. What we do know, it doesn't matter. It has no bearing on whether the House is going to decide to impeach or not impeach because they've already decided to impeach. We're at the sentencing phase, and it seems like the president's attorneys are doing a great job. We're going to listen to opening statements from Cipollone, from Purpura, and Jay Sekulow. But the facts remain. And which facts are they? Clearly, they're going to go into that. But we do know there wasn't a crime. We do know that the burden of defending himself is not on the president to clear himself. It's on them to prove that he did something. And we also know from Alan Dershowitz and others like Mark Levin and other scholars, and they're on two opposite ends, mind you. They agree that there is no impeachable offense. As luck would have it, the way the Democrats always do, they bring you the October surprise. And today's October surprise was, I guess, what do we call it? Like a surreptitiously recorded audio. Now, what's interesting about that is that I know a thing or three about surreptitiously recorded audio because I worked with Project Veritas and I've done dozens of projects with them. As a national field director, director of operations, we specialized in this type of undercover reporting. One of the things that you have to do when you're producing quality undercover reporting is that you want to let people know who's in the audio. You have to frame the conversation so that they know exactly who you're talking about and who who the cast of characters is because you may only have audio if you don't have video to go with it. But I want you to listen to some audio that is purportedly of President Donald Trump at a dinner with multiple people, and it's alleged that Lev Parnas was at this dinner. At the dinner, I guess surreptitiously recording with his colleague, who's his co-defendant in his current federal case, and they recorded the president saying something rather obscure, and they're trying to spin it into something else. But listen to this. Get rid of her. Get her out tomorrow. I don't care. Get her out. <laughs> Take her out. Okay. Do it. The biggest problem there, I think, where we we need to start is we gotta get rid of the ambassador. It's, she's still up. Over from the Clinton administration. Where the ambassador? 
So basically, you walk around telling everybody, wait, he's going to get impeached. Uh, just wait. Like me. <laughs> it's and that's it. That's that's all that's been released. Now, again, having done this in the past, I got to tell you, when you release audio, especially something that was secretly taped, you come out with your strongest. This is not strong. The first part of that recording, and this is, again, this is all that I've heard. If there's more out there, there may be more to come, but it doesn't give a lot of context. In the beginning, you don't even know who the her is when he's saying, nah, get her out, get her out, get her out of here. We don't even know who he's talking about. Then later on, it's presumed that that's Mr. Parnas or his co-defendant speaking, saying, yeah, she's, uh, we got to get rid of this ambassador. This ambassador is uh, a Clinton holdover. She's been there forever. And Trump says, yeah, give her. And then they bleep something out. And we don't know why they're bleeping it, whether it's for expletives or, or something that may reveal something that we're not supposed to know. Who knows? Point is, there's not a lot there. Very little there to chew on. So, hmm, this sounds like a lot of uh, like a desperate, a desperate attempt and a lot of Bolshevik tactics to try and spin a story. And when did it come out? Last night to spin the story right before the president's lawyers come in and hit a home run. And that's what they did today. I think today was the first time we've heard the complete set of facts. Because like I said, the president's lawyers weren't permitted to participate in the underground expedition that Adam Schiff was leading during the uh, impeachment hearings in the House. The cast of characters for today, Sip alone. White House Counsel, Deputy White House Counsel, Purpura, and then personal attorney to the president, Jay Sekulow. We have some audio from Mr. Purpura, and I think it's interesting the way it's laid out because I think it really cuts to the middle here. We get straight to the story. Listen to this, this audio. I'm just trying to find the right one for you. Cut three, talking about how the Democrats' case is going to be sunk and how Trump will be exonerated. Each one of these six facts, standing alone, is enough to sink the Democrats' case. Combined, they establish what we've known since the beginning. The president did absolutely nothing wrong. The Democrats' allegation that the president engaged in a quid pro quo is unfounded and contrary to the facts. The truth is simple, and it's right before our eyes. The president was at all times acting in our national interest and pursuant to his oath of office. But before I dive in and speak further about the facts, let me mention something that my colleagues will discuss in greater detail. The facts that I'm about to discuss today are the Democrats' facts. This is important because the House managers spoke to you for a very long time, over 21 hours, and have repeatedly claimed to you that their case is, and their evidence is overwhelming and uncontested. It's not. I'm going to share a number of facts with you this morning that the House managers didn't share with you during more than 21 hours. I'll ask you, as Mr. Cipollone already mentioned, that when you hear me say something that the House managers didn't present to you, Ask yourself, why didn't they tell me that? Is that something I would have liked to have known? Why am I hearing it for the first time from the president's lawyers? It's not because they didn't have enough time, that's for sure. 
They only showed you a very selective part of the record, their record. And they, remember this, they have the very heavy burden of proof before you. The president is forced to mount a defense in this chamber against a record that the Democrats developed. The record that we have to go on today is based entirely on House Democratic facts pre-cleared in a basement bunker. Not mostly, entirely. Yet even those facts absolutely exonerate the president. So there you have Mr. Purpura saying that these facts that the Democrats themselves have laid out exonerate the president. So you can see facts matter. All of the facts that they laid out matter. That's why I always rely on facts for all policy issues from our preferred policy partner, JustFacts.com. That's right, the Just Facts Foundation. And you can sign up for free emails whenever they have something new. Sign up at JustFacts, F-A-C-T-S dot com. That's JustFacts.com. I'm Rich Valdez. We'll be right back. Woodhouse Nissan offers a variety of SUVs and crossovers to fit your lifestyle. Whether you're looking for an SUV with high towing capability or a crossover with all-wheel drive, you can expect a variety of safety features, plenty of seating, ample cargo space, and innovative design to tackle virtually any adventure. Explore the Nissan lineup of SUVs and crossovers featuring Rogue, Rogue Sport, Kicks, Murano, Pathfinder, and Armada. Visit one of our two Nissan locations or shop online at woodhouse.com. This is America. Chair dancing over here. I know you've seen me in the video. All right. Welcome back, everybody. This is Rich Valdez, the liberty-loving Latino. Now, there's a whole lot going on in the news. One of the things that we're looking at right now is a veterans organization. The VFW is asking for an apology from President Trump because of comments that were made about head injuries, in particular, traumatic brain injuries, which I have had some very personal experience with, um, with someone in my family. So I'm going to get to that at the end if we have time. But I'm just looking at some stuff here. Uh, Washington Examiner headline, impeachment trial gets lower ratings than Jeopardy. And apparently on Jeopardy, people don't even know who Aaron, uh, excuse me, Adam Schiff is. On a bad night, they're getting better ratings than impeachment. New York Post, Trump impeachment, half-empty spectator gallery is puzzling senators. The reality here is that the Democrats have done a terrible job, a very poor job presenting this case, and have been spending an inordinate amount of money to do so. Today was the breakout day with opening statements from Jay Sekulow, from White House Counsel Cipollone, and from Deputy White House Counsel Propura. And we're going to listen to, we left off with uh, Deputy White House Counsel Papura saying that he had six key facts that he was going to present. And I don't want to leave you hanging, so listen to Papura talk about these six key facts. Check this out. The most important piece of evidence we have in the case and before you is the one that we began with nearly four months ago. The actual transcript of the July 25, 2019 telephone call between President Trump and President Zelensky. The real transcript. If that were the only evidence we had, it would be enough to show that the Democrats' entire theory is completely unfounded. 
But the transcript is far from the only evidence demonstrating that the president did nothing wrong. Once you sweep away all of the bluster and innuendo, the selective leaks, the closed-door examinations of the Democrats' hand-picked witnesses, the staged public hearings, what we're left with are six key facts that have not and will not change. First, the transcript shows that the President did not condition either security assistance or a meeting on anything. The paused security assistance funds aren't even mentioned on the call. Second, President Zelensky and other Ukrainian officials have repeatedly said that there was no quid pro quo and no pressure on them to review anything. Third, President Zelensky and high-ranking Ukrainian officials did not even know, did not even know, the security assistance was paused until the end of August, over a month after the July 25 call. Fourth, not a single witness testified that the President himself said that there was any connection between any investigations and security assistance, a presidential meeting, or anything else. Fifth, the security assistance flowed on September 11, and a presidential meeting took place on September 25, without the Ukrainian government announcing any investigations. Finally, the Democrats' blind drive to impeach the President does not and cannot change the fact, as attested to by the Democrats' own witnesses, that President Trump has been a better friend and stronger supporter of Ukraine than his predecessor. Those are the facts. Those are the facts. So again, just to recap, Trump didn't do anything wrong, nothing that was outside the purview of the office of the president of the United States. He's allowed to speak to foreign leaders. He's allowed to withhold this money to look into it. This GAO story, and I think we talked about that, and I got into it a little bit uh, in the, not last week, but the week before. This was their opinion of a federal regulation, saying that this was a violation of federal law. This was never adjudicated. This was never taken to court. None of that. It was just them saying this is our opinion that this didn't meet the standard for this regulation. And the media, of course, went to town saying, oh, Trump broke the law. That doesn't make it a matter of fact. That makes it a matter of opinion. But he goes on talking about leaks and the, the bias and unfair situation with respect to choosing witnesses, choosing witnesses that would help tell their story. None that would exculpate the president. Why not? There were witnesses. Several witnesses, people that were actually on the call besides Vindman. And when we get back, we're going to talk about that. But there's a few other things. The fact that Ukraine actually got the money for the security assistance. They did, in fact, get the money. And they didn't even know. They had no idea that this pause was put on the security assistance. So what type of pressure does that put on Ukraine if they don't even know there's pressure being put on them? That is one of the questions. Democrats are kind of assuming, saying, hey, there's a situation here. You're holding this money up, 
And these guys, you're putting them in a corner. You're painting them into a corner because now they have to do what you want them to do in order to get this money that they desperately need. He further makes the case that Trump has been the friendliest president towards Ukraine, sending them these javelin tank-busting missiles, which had nothing to do with the security aid, I might add. Those are sales from the U.S. government to the Ukrainian government so that they can protect themselves against Russia, who's very aggressive and actually, during Obama's watch, obviously took Crimea. And nothing was done. These same people that are testifying, saying, oh, Trump's this and Trump's that, they didn't say anything about Obama not helping the Ukraine. For every year that Trump's been in office, he sent this money. Minus the 55-day pause to check out the new president. If the Democrats wanted more witnesses, right now it's currently trending on Twitter that America wants witnesses. And there are witnesses that can exculpate Trump. Why didn't they include them in their first round of hearings? Why didn't they go after the other ones, right? They're after Bolton. They're after everybody they can sink their hands into, Nick Mulvaney. Why? Because they think that they're going to make the president look bad. Totally throwing to the wind the idea that the president, any president, has executive privilege. The impeachment jury, the senators, took to the airwaves immediately following the dismantling of their case by the president's men, right? The president sent in his team of attorneys and they banged them up. And we're going to get back into what some of the deputy White House counsel had to say. But before we do, I want you to hear what Senator Maisie Hirono said minutes after she took to CNN to start, you know, throwing bolos. This is what she had to say. Check this out. Cut one. Do you think these lawyers today in the two-hour opening session, mm-hmm. they got still have 22 hours to go over two days <laughs> if they want to use it all. I suspect they won't be using it all. Do you think they, at least today, gave some of those more moderate Republican senators who may be on the fence right now an opportunity to support the president and, and vote against witnesses and documents? I don't even know if there are any so-called moderate senators uh, on the Republican side left, to tell you the truth, because the votes that were taken on Tuesday uh, were a really good indication that they really don't want to hear from any witnesses. So you think the uh, senator, uh, senator Susan Collins, for example, uh, and... Uh, you know, some of the other more moderate senators that we describe as moderate senators, they have basically already made up their minds. I think some of the senators, the Republican senators, are probably wrestling with their conscience. But what they know is they have a ferocious, vicious president who will go after them tooth and nail if they even step out of line. So you line. think Lisa Murkowski is scared? Well, I think Mitt fear, Romney is scared? I think fear is a really great uh, aspect of what's going on with their assessment. That's what, that's my belief. And so this is a, this is a situation where, you know, courage is going to have to overcome fear. Oh, courage is going to have to overcome fear. So now that is Senator Maisie Hirono speaking with Wolf Blitzer and Anderson Cooper on CNN a little while ago. What's interesting there is she's trying to spin it, saying that the senators are afraid that they're being strong-armed by the president. Now, again, this is politics. Politics is a dirty game sometimes. But I don't believe that they're afraid of Trump because, let me tell you, Susan Collins has spoken out against Trump a bunch of times. And she has joined with Senator Murkowski. And Senator Murkowski has gotten in Trump's face on a bunch of issues. As has Cory Gardner and our good friend from Utah, Mittens Romney. So with all of these people 
taking a very, very firm stance against the president, in particular Romney and Collins, uh, all of them, honestly. They, they, they've never shied away from a fight with Trump, including now, where they actually have the upper hand. They're not getting impeached. They're not facing removal. So the suggestion that they're afraid or that Trump is some almighty king that's abusing the power of his own office. Let's get this straight for a second. Who has the power here? It's not Trump. If Trump had the power, he'd be getting everything that he wants to do done. They have been blocking him every step of the way. They're the ones that pulled this sham impeachment on him. They're the ones holding the cards. They're the ones with the power. And they're the ones that have gone rogue to have that power. So this suggestion that Senator Hirono makes, I think, is a very false one. And it's built on a very flimsy premise. But she also goes into the calling of witnesses. They're hanging their hat on the calling of witnesses because they're dying to get more witnesses to say what they want them to say to make the president look however they want to make the president look, irrespective of the facts. It doesn't matter what the facts are because what they're concerned about is telling their story. And that's all they want. That's all they want to do is tell their version of the story. They could care less about the facts. But listen to this one where she asks for more witnesses. I thought it was a very meager defense and a couple of things I want to mention because the Democrats have been very focused on the need for witnesses and um, more documents and and I know the president's team said oh the poor president he has to rely on his defense on the documents and evidence presented by the house and why is that because the president did not produce a single document out of some 71 do- document requests and they also said oh by the way we haven't heard from direct witnesses who were the people who were there and why is that because Mulvaney and Bolton were told by the president, you're not going to testify. So there you have it. You know, and I listen to her and I think, you know, it's kind of like if I throw a party and I know that you're married and I say, well, you know what? I can only have one person at my party. So I send an invitation to your house knowing that you're married, but saying there's only space for one person. It's almost a given that I'm probably going to get a we can't go response because it's weird. If you invite people, you invite both of them or you don't invite them at all. And this is how the Senate, uh, the House was with their impeachment, you know, saying, oh, well, we want the president's people, but oh, we want them to waive privilege. And that's not how it works. And you can't just go picking and choosing these people with these subpoenas and then saying, well, you're not honoring the subpoena. And then saying, well, we're going to go to court. Let the judge decide. Let the federal courts decide if we have to honor the subpoena or not, because we have executive privilege. And that's always been the case. That's not new. That's always been the case. Instead of saying, hey, look, all right, you know what? You're right. We're going to go to court. We're going to figure this out. We'll impeach you once we get this back from court. And they said, nah, forget it. We don't want it. (laughs) We don't want it. If we have to jump through all those hoops to get those witnesses, we don't want them. We'll just keep asking for them in the media. We'll just keep asking and asking and asking and asking. So there you have it. They laid it out and they nailed it. From Dershowitz to Bondi to the rest of the crew. It's a slam dunk. As I always say, if you stand for nothing, you will fall for anything. I'm Rich Valdez, and this is America. This is America. (laughs) 
Woodhouse Nissan offers a variety of SUVs and crossovers to fit your lifestyle. Whether you're looking for an SUV with high towing capability or a crossover with all-wheel drive, you can expect a variety of safety features, plenty of seating, ample cargo space, and innovative design to tackle virtually any adventure. Explore the Nissan lineup of SUVs and crossovers featuring Rogue, Rogue Sport, Kicks, Murano, Pathfinder, and Armada. Visit one of our two Nissan locations or shop online at woodhouse.com.